Welcome back to the Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of the Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 487, chapter 73, Blood and Ink. In the Theophany, Tecum writes of secrets, calling them painful treasures of the mind. He explains that what most people think of as secrets are really nothing of the sort. Mysteries, for example, are not secrets. Neither are little-known facts or forgotten truths. A secret, Tecum explains, is true knowledge actively concealed. Philosophers have quibbled over his definition for centuries. They point out the logical problems with it, the loopholes, the exceptions. But in all this time, none of them has managed to come up with a better definition. That perhaps tells us more than all the quibbling combined. In a later chapter, less argued over and less well known, Tecum explained that there are two types of secrets. There are secrets of the mouth and secrets of the heart. Most secrets are secrets of the mouth. Gossip shared and small scandals whispered. These secrets long to be let loose upon the world. A secret of the mouth is like a stone in your boot. At first you're barely aware of it, then it grows irritating, then intolerable. Secrets of the mouth grow larger the longer you keep them swelling until they press against your lips. They fight to be let free. Secrets of the heart are different. They are private and painful, and we want nothing more than to hide them from the world. They do not swell and press against the mouth. They live in the heart, and the longer they are kept, the heavier they become. Tecum claims it is better to have a mouthful of poison than a secret of the heart. Any fool will spit out poison, he says, but we hoard these painful treasures. We swallow hard against them every day, forcing them deep inside. The end of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jenna. I'm Jeremy. This is one of those great concoctions that I think authors probably love when they get to do a bit of like philosophy and couch it in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. While also, you know, talking about a, a bigger theme, this, this really seems like author porn to me. Yeah. And like Rothfuss has done a great job of making Tecum feel like a Socrates or an Aristotle, like this like ancient font of philosophical wisdom uh, from which all other philosophy kind of branches off from there. And on that subject, Theophany, my my Greek is not amazing, but I think that uh, Theo like like would be like God, and 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 uh, Fanny or Fanes would be like sound, so like the sound of God or like the voice of God or something. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I feel like that's a that's worth a Google. Like, I, I mean, I'm trying, but my internet's not not doing so. Yeah. Great. Well, actually, this is a term in in English, and it means a visible manifestation to humankind of God or of a God. Oh, there you For go. For example, the Theophany of Sinai. Hmm. So this is a real thing in in religious tradition. Cool. Uh, and that gives new uh, weight to Tecum's writing if it has a religious uh, significance. Because he's not just a philosopher; he's like a he's a religious. He might be either a religious scholar or himself like a religious figure. You know, like if he's from the time of this, you know, if he's from the same time as like, uh, uh, Lyra and Lanra, then he he has that weight of like being like a semi divine figure almost. Yeah, there's a theory that in the Jack story, the old man that he meets is Tecum. But also we have such artifacts as Tecum's winch. So he was a, also a scientist. I see him as like a Leonardo da Vinci figure. Well, unless that was named after him, you know, erroneously after the fact. 
I mean, I guess so, but I, I do think of him as being like a secular figure, but that just may, might be what I'm bringing to the table. Anyway, I'm glad we finally have a definition for theophany because that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Why, why are we give, being given this information? It's sort of my big wonder. Like at the beginning of this chapter, what is about to happen? So what's about to happen is the big fight between uh, Denna and Quoth, and it's set off when Denna sings her song about Lanra and gets the story to Quoth's recollection wrong. Uh, and he's also responding in that way because he has connected La- uh, Lanra to the Chandrian and he's trying to protect Denna without actually telling her why. Um, and so, you know, there's the secret of, of the Chandrian that he doesn't want to tell Denna because, you know, for all kinds of reasons, uh, there's the secrets that the Chandrian are protecting. Um, so I think there's all like, there's all kinds of significance of the idea of a secret of the heart coming up in the next chapter. And I also think that it's to give us some distance between, uh, from the characters before we get there. It's to give the readers a sense of time passing and distance, because if we jumped right into, I met Denna. The day after I'd followed Denna through the city, she sent me a note, and then I met her at the Four Tapers. That's a bit, I think, of a jarring transition to go from Quoth sitting, considering, nursing his wine to meeting Denna again. So I think that this serves the dual purpose of giving the reader a bit of a breath, of setting the stage a little bit, and reminding us of the notion of secrets. And it also kind of lets us experience a bit of the musing that Quoth is doing, I think, because I don't know if anyone, if you guys have like ever sat alone in a bar nursing a drink and thinking deep thoughts, but this is the kind of thing that I imagine it, it, uh, it conjures up. And this, this feels a bit like that to me, this, this passage. So I think it's doing a lot of work. Yeah, I agree with all of that. And I also think that we should be specifically thinking like, Yes, secrets of the heart are by far the more painful and damaging. And don't we think that both Quoth and Denna are nursing several secrets of the heart apiece? Oh yeah, big time. And, and also, goes- you know, maybe the villains are also, maybe the Chandrian have secrets of the heart and that's what they're working about. You know, that's why they're trying to keep it secret or something, you know? I, I think what we're meant to be thinking about the whole time that Quoth and Denna have their fight is that you know, or at least what I seem to recall thinking about it in previous chapters, like, no, 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 you've both got it all wrong. Why can't you just tell each other what's really going on with you? And of course, they can't because they are so damaged by those secrets that they feel they have to keep them concealed. But at the same time, those secrets are eating away at them and like warping their ability to communicate and and be truthful and honest about themselves with other people, particularly the person in the world that they care most about. Like, they'd never have that fight if they didn't have Secrets of the Heart. Because they're not really... Absolutely. Like, I think that the song is what starts the fight. But like many things that start a fight, that's not actually what they're fighting about. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about that when we get there. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. Does anyone else have any notes they want to bring up? No, just that this chapter ends on page 497. So that'll be an excellent place Ooh. for our intermission. Yes, mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah, love to end on a real downer. Yeah, well, what it's a great, uh, great cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. We have a letter today from Eric, who writes on the killed king. Hello, pagers. I was thinking about the end of the poisoning arc with Quoth and the mayor, and wonder if the dying flits aren't just another part of Quoth's exaggerated backstory. We already know that many of the stories told about Quoth are exaggerations of what actually happened. I posit that no king is killed at all. 
My thought is that because the Flits share a name with the current king, that's Calanthus, there will be some event that causes the king's death, whether it is a natural death or not. But either way, the rumors will fly because Quoth caused the Flits to die. And I can see that story being warped into one where Quoth caused the king to die. Since they share a name, it would be easy for the rumor mill to stir up such a story, especially if the king dies of a poisoning. Let me know what you think. Signed, Eric. I like that a lot. That's the kind of thing that I think we're we're like this book is setting us up for because we get a lot of the truth of the story being a a vastly different detail. The only thing that I would point out as uh, evidence against it is that we get the line from the merchant in the very beginning. I saw the spot in Imra where you killed him. The cobblestones are still broken. Um, now that doesn't necessarily mean it's the king. That doesn't make this untrue either, but it does seem like there was a murder that happened in public and there's evidence of it left over. That said, you know, I don't think it's just window dressing that the birds share a name with the king. So I think you might be onto something. I, I don't know how I feel about this idea because I, I don't want the, the flits dying to be an exaggeration. I want that to be a true thing that happened. And I, like, I, I like the idea that things are an exaggeration, like that parts of the story are an exaggeration, but I don't want that piece to be an exaggeration. Yeah, that seems, I don't know, that seems like a little bit far-fetched, although I think it's an interesting connection to point out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I th- Like, what if it's just foreshadowing, right? Quoth kills the Calanthus, who are named after the king, and he ends up killing the king. Like, it doesn't have to necessarily be a fake-out. It could be foreshadowing instead. Yeah, I like that too. But anyway, thank you, Eric, for that letter. That's uh, excellent analysis, and I really like it, even though my colleagues poo-poo it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I poo-poo a lot of things. I poo-poo at least twice a day. Mm-hmm. It's good for you. It's good to be regular. Yeah, that's right. And listeners, nothing is more regular than our podcast, because you'll hear it tomorrow on another page. Uh, the way. Way.